Arch Madness. It begins here. It's the 2022 State Farm NBC Men's Basketball Tournament, March 3rd to March 6th, presented by Bally Sports Midwest. Visit archmadness.com for ticket information. Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 29 of the March to Arch podcast in this 2021-2022 Missouri Valley Conference season. Today's episode is going to be somewhat of a quick one. We're just going to do some quick recaps of games that have recently happened. I'm here starting on Monday, February 21st, and the win games. We have some banners, some news, and all the fun takes as we head into the last game of the Missouri Valley Conference regular season. But before we get into that, how are we doing today, Baker? You know, not great, obviously, as we'll get into with the uh, with the Wednesday night basketball. Um, I'm hoping one of my teams can get it done as I'm watching. I'm currently watching the Avalanche play um, as we're recording this and hoping they can finish it off against the Red Wings. But, um, you know, I obviously your other team didn't get it done, Baker, <laughs> obviously getting swept in the March of the Arch battle. It's, it's not great, but um, uh, maybe for the know. listeners right now, um, it's pretty fresh. The game just uh, got over. We're recording on Wednesday <laughs> night and Southern just took. ISU to the woodshed, but that's neither here nor there, and we don't want to get into anything. But, but seriously, Baker, how are you doing today? I, I I'm, I'm worried about your uh, mental well-being. We're fine. It, we're fine. I think I've I think I made it clear last couple of days um, when talking about uh, Red River basketball. I'm not going to get too too uptight, but um, no, interesting uh, interesting call I got today. I want to bring it up right away. Um, phone call I got from uh, the March the Arch podcast quality control. Uh, AKA my sister who listens to the show, Bradley grad, uh, and, uh, you know, Valley fan, obviously, uh, she's, she's been known to, uh, not hide her criticism whenever, whenever there's something that we say a lot. Uh, for example, last year, uh, she called me out because I used the word, I used to say things were sneaky. Good. I said sneaky, apparently like 500 times. And she, and like, then I was like completely, like it was always thinking about it. And so I never said, I try not to ever say it again. And you, and this season, I bet you probably haven't heard me say it very much at all. Um, but then I talked to her today and she's like, Hey, I got to give you a little quality control. And she's like, there's something that you say. And then there's something that Vance says all the time. Uh, do you know what the thing she said about me was? Do you want to take a guess? I have a just pretty talk? good inkling, but so, I'm, so here's, here's where I'm worried. If I say it and it's not, then you might become self-conscious so I, trust me there's I, I think it's clear that i'm not going to be self-conscious about anything so um, if you want to guess you can if you want me to just go i will I think it's she's gonna say yeah no yeah no okay do i say that a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it was but that's okay. <laughs> Well, this is going to be real fun. <laughs> um, real good. Hey, good night for this contentiousness, Baker. Great <laughs> night for this. <laughs> okay, so that's not what it was. Um, so she told me, and she says that the quote of it feels like is something that I start whenever I'm going to go on like a long like rant about something. 
I always start it with, it feels like, and she said, that's become my new sneaky good this season. Okay. So okay. I, um, I don't, I don't know if I say that, that I guess I do. Cause, and the thing is like, when she told me, she's like, I don't even know if I listen so much for the content of the basketball. I more or less listens for something I can make fun of you guys for. Well, that's fair. That's where it's coming from, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have, I, I know you say it feels like a lot, but I don't, I don't think it's like at a, at a uncomfortable level by any means. Um, Apparently so, it is. Okay. Um, all right. So then, so there is, there's on, one thing on. that she called up. Okay, go ahead. No, go, say what you want. Before, did you get to guess with her? Because like, you already know what she pointed out. Is there anything you, I, I want to, I want to turn the tables on you. Is there anything you would have guessed that I say a lot that she would. The thing that she said was the first thing I guessed. Okay. Okay. So it, it was it, when she said there's something, she said, I actually know it's Van saying something. And I was like, I know exactly what it is. And it, so you want to do, you, do you know what it is? Do you think, you know what you say a lot? I don't, I don't. So what it is, is you, whenever I say something and you don't really like, you want to just move on. You always say, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, and she's right. I, I noticed that too. And it's like, it's like, yeah, I, and I don't even think, and I think you probably do it and you're not even thinking just yeah, like when I say probably- it feels like. but i know exactly what she's saying because it's like i just need baker to stop talking and move on to this next game (laughs) gosh listen to you just put it on me all right well thanks thank you susan for for the quality control for the march the arch podcast we'll try to be better as the season goes on but (laughs) now we're gonna be thinking about that you know how it is yeah no i'm I'm gonna be obviously thinking about that as well i didn't even know that was a thing vance is just sitting there like oh which one of the number of things that john says all the time is he going to say right now so (sighs) lingo one-on-one hey hey hey, baker you're in a headspace that you can receive some feedback right now (laughs) Uh, you know what just you you just gotta embrace it and move on you just gotta embrace it and move on but hey so i want to ask you a question and um this is something that uh you know near and dear to my talk about this a little bit we talked about you getting an xbox i know that's something you've been thinking about when you were playing when you were back in the day as a youngster did you ever play any like the college basketball games video games uh i played the college football ones i want to say i played a couple but it was okay and this is going to sound bad i'm not making this up just as a homer mid-major but they got mid-major schools so wrong like on numbers and looks and all that that i was just like i was kind of over it Especially when like Southern was good back in the you know early to mid two thousands, I'm like, hey, Mullins is number ten, um, and mm-hmm. he is our point guard, and you should maybe at least have number ten as our point guard in it. So like that's where my head goes on that. So to answer your question, no, and and probably Brian, it was probably um, when Mullins was playing. I don't even know if they had college basketball games back then. But anyway, that was my example. You know what I mean? Great. So crazy you bring that up because. So, and I, the exact, what you're saying is exactly true. So, um, bored, this was in the last like week or so. I was like, you know what? I want to play an old, old college basketball game. Cause I wanted something different to do just hanging out at home at, at night. And I, I threw in an old March madness game, which I'm sure you're familiar with old Mar- NCAA mm-hmm. March madness games, EA sports from play. Yep. I got an old PlayStation two sitting here and I fired it up and I had my old memory card from when I was a kid. And so I had the memory card, put it in there, um, fired it up. Uh, you you know it's you know it's my game because if you look at the rosters and the looks and the gear and everything like that, Illinois State is completely perfect. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I noticed. But 
as I, I jumped into, I was just like, did I have a season going? I had a dynasty going. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start playing. And I was playing Valley team. And it's funny you say it because Southern was like the first team I played. And literally, I could have told you who each player is supposed to be. Not a single one looked anything like that player. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. your center was number one, which is Darren Brooks. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I, I'm well aware Darren Brooks is a shooting guard. But he was right. playing your center. And yeah. It, it was just nuts. Yeah, and that was the thing with those games is like it just took so much time and memory cards to like get all that up to speed. It's not just a download from the internet anymore that you can get like the 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 bolt on um, rosters and all that um, you know onto your your rosters or whatever. So like yeah, back then I was just like I was just kind of over this because I only wanted to play with Southern and if I have to load all the numbers correctly, I just don't want to do that. Well, well, you know what? Some some of the games back in the day, and I don't know when that changed, but like there were times where college basketball, like they only had like the Power Six, and then maybe like a few mm-hmm. random other conferences, and they never had the Valley, and that used to always piss me off. It was always like, can you guys just get the Valley? Like, there's 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 people like me out there that just want to play these games for that. Yeah, we're paying. We're we're spending hard earned money um, that our parents <laughs> gave us. To like, I don't want to be. Game. <laughs> I don't want to be Illinois. I want to be Illinois yeah. State. You know exactly. But, um, okay, so last thing I want to talk about here, and this is a little bit newsworthy. Um, I mean that you saw the news around Juwan Howard because that's what we talked about the other day. Yep. Okay, so uh, got suspended, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not going to – you knew he was going to get suspended, whatever games they decide, whatever they decide. I don't – do you have any issue with any of that or is you're cool? No. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think one interesting thing was that came out, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Um, Tom Izzo came out freaking out about the handshake line because a mm-hmm. lot of people all of a sudden after this are starting to say, Hey, is the handshake line played out? Um, is it something we should keep doing? Uh, I'm curious. Do you have a, a preference one way or the other? I couldn't agree more with what coaches have said. That should be um, required reading, watching for anyone entering any type of um, competitive field of I'm a leader. I'm here to coach students and future leaders. Like we don't shy away from this. Um, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but couldn't agree more with what he said. Interesting. Okay. So I was, I was wondering if we're going to agree on this one. And we actually do. Um, Cause I, I, and I can't stand Tom Izzo. Cause I think there's no coach that cries about foul calls more than Tom Izzo. Um, He, but I think he actually hit it on the head. Like I, I, I hate the idea. And I feels like in society, and I don't mean to, I don't want to get societal on this, but like, it feels like we're, we're quick to, you know, one thing happened. So let's just get rid of this. So then that we, that one random occurrence never happens again. And Couldn't I actually think more. that there's something to, you know, going up and owning, you know, if you get your butt kicked, go shake their hand. Like I, I would teach my kids to do that. But um, I mean, I could see the other side where, you know, it's played out. Maybe you don't need to do it, but I don't know. And I don't think we need to be sportsmanship like that commercial where the guy's like, that I don't know if you ever saw that commercial where the guy's like, yes, I, "Here, I'm gonna hand, I'm gonna you, hand you it, it the was... win. I'm gonna hand you the win." You know what? I touched it last. Yeah, you know what? No, okay, I'm, no, I, I I'm not doing that. Too far. But I do think, like, I, I don't have an issue with sportsmanship. I think shake hands after you lose. Like, be a man. Be a take own. Take responsibility. Um, exactly. And and that goes for men and female and women's basketball. Both both sides. I mean. it's I, I think it's, I think that's something when you, you win or lose at any sport, I would teach my son and my daughter the same way. It, I think, I think getting rid of that to, 
avoid this one really crazily random occurrence just feels like nonsense to me. It feels like we're just trying to, this is like the solution is to just completely negate it. And I think that that's the wrong way to look at it. Yep. I, um, I am with you and it's more, and I hate um, agreeing with Tom Izzo, by the way. Yeah. Um, I can't say couldn't agree more. Apparently I've already said it, but, um, anyway, <laughs> uh, what, I, what, what, what I, what I would agree with is, I mean, it, it, it's just sports, right? Everything happens. So for college basketball, 40 minutes on the court, it's over. And now we're going to go on and be human beings together in together in this pure thing that we called earth. Right. And so, yeah, for 40 minutes, you can battle, but you know what? We're going to be human beings together and we're going to walk hand in hand, stride for stride together as humans. So that's what I think it, it somewhat symbolizes. That, hey, that was 40 minutes. Now we can move on and um, be, be a part of earth together. So respect, yeah. respect your opponent. Always. Exactly. Yep. I agree. I, th- I think we're on the same page with that. I just thought, I saw that and I thought that was something interesting, kind of a takeoff of that. I'd, be, I'd even be curious to hear what, what Jawan Howard would say on that subject. After, after everything that went down, I wonder if he would say the same thing. If he would say, you know, we need to get rid of it or, you know what? No, I handled it wrong, but I think it's a good thing in basketball. I don't know. So. All right, let's get into the games. All right, Valley fans, before we hop into games of Monday and Wednesday, one item to note that came out, I would say today. So as we mentioned, we are recording. Wednesday, February 23rd. Um, just someone that is obviously a big part of Missouri Valley Hoops, hasn't been the last couple seasons uh, due to injury, but Tyreek Key, Indiana State Sycamore, um, was honored tonight at senior night. Um, you know, you might be wondering, well, um, all indications were was that he was going to come back for another season in the 2022-2023 season, but um, some reporting from um, I believe a Indiana State media outlet. Baker, you have the tweet. Maybe just go ahead and say that, and we can talk a little bit about it. Yeah, this is uh, from Grant Pugh. He's of uh, WTWO Sports, uh, Terre Haute. Uh, I'm guessing something in Terre Haute. Uh, apologize for not knowing the info there. But uh, in, in the pregame show, uh, Tyree Key, uh, it, was, it was said that Tyree Key co- texted Coach Schertz after the SIU game Saturday that he plans to take his talents elsewhere next season. Uh, doesn't 100% close the door in a return, but ISU honoring the Sycamore great tonight on senior night. So basically what that says is I think he's going to basically explore any option that he has out there, um, you know, and see what, see what he can come up with. I, I, I'd imagine that that means he's probably not coming back because someone as good as Tyreek Key uh, is going to find a home somewhere. But mm-hmm. I'm sure if for some reason, you know, the right home isn't out there, I'm sure that Indiana State would love to take him back. But um, – yeah, you know, that's kind of a bummer for Sycamore fans out there who thought that he might be back. Right. I mean, I think that was a, a lot of the momentum for Coach Shirts was, hey, Coach Shirts was able to keep Tyreek Key around. And for all we know, for all intents and purposes, he can still stay at Indiana State. We're not yeah. saying he is 100% leaving. Mm-hmm. But I thought there was some solace in the fan base when you have a coaching change that that happened. Now, obviously, a lot of things can change. You know, getting, I don't know how the rules work, but maybe he's through some intermediaries can uh, level up, you know, and I know that, you know, making money off your talents is a, is a big part of that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I hope he decides on what's best for Tyreek. But yeah, it is a little bit of a gut punch because I thought that was some positive momentum for the Sycamores 
after a little bit of a, I don't know, a lackluster year in their uh, first year under coach shirts. And, and it's just, I mean, you're going to go through those, um, those, those valleys and uh, um, I don't know, road bumps when you have a coaching change, but, you know, keeping Tyreek key around, you know, meant a lot, I would say to a lot of Indiana state fans. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, so I think it's twofold. Um, obviously, ideally you bring him back. Like there's that's there's no doubt. No one's gonna say ever get rid of him. Um, but it, on the flip side, if you want to try to take a positive spin, um, this does close the door completely on that era of uh, of Indiana State basketball, and it does feel like you know this the next couple of years is a complete fresh rehaul, um, as as it kind of was this year. But even after you lose lose who you will at the end of this season. Um, and going to next season, it'll be it'll be Josh Schertz's show. So um, obviously, you hope he comes back, but if not, there is a silver lining that you know that he can basically put his stamp on everything. Because I mean, quite frankly, if Tyreek Key comes back, he's going to be one of the best players in the league, and mm-hmm. he's he's gonna. He, I mean, you're, you're if you have him on your team, you're going to use him. You're not gonna you're not wasting Tyreek Key. So, uh, but it's an interesting thing you bring up because we haven't, and we haven't heard it from a lot of players yet. Cause obviously the season's still going on. Most are still playing, but um, there's a handful of really good players. That'll be interesting to see what they do at the end of the season uh, here in the Missouri Valley conference, because um, I would say I can think off the top of my head, five, six easily could go to a power five school if they wanted to. Um, and you know, y- you don't blame them. There's, there's a lot of opportunity out there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm with you. So let's uh, go into the games uh, from Monday, February 21st. Uh, We had four games in action uh, or sorry, three games in action. Uh, Six teams playing. This was part of a um, a lot of makeup schedule here. So we're going to go relatively quickly because you know what? The way that Baker and I kind of see this episode is this is to wet the whistle uh, to get ready for the big uh, championship Saturday that's upcoming here. So, all right, let's start off with a game that both Baker and myself were at. Uh, Loyola went to Redbird Arena and left with a W, winning 59-50. to By golly, this was an ugly game. Um, both teams committed double-digit turnovers. ISU had 20. Loyola had 17. Illinois State took a lead late in the first half, but Loyola um, went on a 15-4 to run to end the half. Um, and gave the Ramblers a 10-point lead. Um, item to note, uh, Braden Norris hit a three right at the half, but uh, the referees took it upon themselves to get a stopwatch out and ultimately took it off the board. So they led by 10 at half, could have been 13, but stopwatch uh, you know, kind of fixed that one and also made for the longest game ever because they didn't start the 20-minute uh, countdown for halftime until they were done with that uh, episode. But anyway, uh, it was a lackluster second half, and Loyola kept the Redbirds um, out of reach after a few surges from the Redbirds. Uh, Ugloch ended the game with 17 points. Tate Hall had 11 points. Tom Walsh had 10. Uh, for Illinois State, uh, Antonio Reeves had 15. Josiah Strong had 11. Um, and it was... Just an ugly, ugly game to be in attendance for Baker. Yeah, this was a hard one to watch. Um, let me ask you this: Did it feel like Loyola played? It didn't feel like they played their best game at all. Like it, it no. felt like they were kind of flat at times. Like they, they, I. It felt like to me, the game was won by Loyola by like three or four little spurts. Yeah, and that was the difference in the game. Like, there's, I don't know, it, like. I'm not going to, and I told, said this the other, I'm not going to criticize Illinois state anymore this year. Like they don't have their coach. It's, it's, it's well-documented. 
they played hard. They just didn't shoot the ball very well. Uh, the offense didn't flow. Loyola, obviously, a great defensive team, uh, made it really hard on them. Um, so I don't really have a lot to say on that front. And to me, Loyola, Redbird Arena is always going to be a tough place to play. Even if Illinois State's down, they got they still have a lot of talent on that team. Um, so if you're Loyola, even though you didn't play well, you still walked away with the win. So really just a business trip for them. Got Came down to Redbird, got the win, and head back up to Chicago. I, I, I don't really have a lot to say about this. This game, this game stunk to watch. Like I'll just, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, we got to be blunt about this. This wasn't a real exciting game and we kind of looked forward to it thinking, you know, Loyola, this is a big game for them. You know, Illinois state's generally pretty good at home. They're going to give everybody mm-hmm. a good run. They had just the week before they had just played a game, a really tight game with Northern Iowa at home. So you think, you know, they'll give Loyola a good game as well. And it, it never felt like Illinois State was going to win this game, even though the score was only nine. I mean, they were thin single digits for a lot of the game, but it never felt like Illinois State was ever going to win this game. Yeah, let me put it this way. Um, so, obviously, went with Baker, but then one of our buddies ended up tagging along. And um, towards the end of the game, I have an hour drive from uh, <laughs> normal to go home, and I was just like, all right, like, we'll, we'll hit that early if, you know, they make the shot, and then Loyal wouldn't make the shot. And then I was like, oh, we'll hit the road, we'll hit the road. I think I heard the final buzzer and I was just like, Oh, I was like, I wanted to leave, but I was like, it's just close enough that something could get interesting that right. I don't want to get chirped by people that I left this game early. And so it was one of those type uh, nights for me that I was just like, I'm just ready to go. And I'm not like, yes, I'm enjoying it. Cause it's Missouri Valley basketball. And I'm like, I'm truly not enjoying this as a, uh, a fan here. But anyway, that's how I'd sum it up. No, I'm with you. It, it was a, it was a hard game to watch. I, I would say it's going to be like that would go down as like if I think back five years from now, it'll be in like that five game group of games that stunk to watch with the the number one I can think of is I don't know if you I, you probably don't remember it, but um, Evansville versus Indiana State last year in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament was that that is the game for me. And this this kind I kind of liken to that. I don't know. The loyal SIU game earlier this season was brutal as well. That was a hard anyway. one too. So there's been some <laughs> hard ones. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about one a Wednesday night game. That was tough. But anyway, all right, let's move on. Um, yeah. Valparaiso took care of business at home, beating uh, the Evansville Purple Aces seventy-four to sixty-nine. Uh, important note here: Valparaiso completes the Indiana sweep. They beat both uh, the Evansville Purple Aces and the Sycamores in all games this year. So, uh, you know what? Good for good for Valpo in the state of Indiana. So, Valpo was up 13 at one point in the first half. Uh, some timely threes from the Aces cut the halftime deficit, deficit, deficit to six, um, with Valparaiso up 36 to 30 at half. Evansville came out hot, scoring the first 16 points of the second half, taking the 10-point lead. But Kobe King uh, hit a bucket, igniting a 9-0 run for Valpo. Um, and also that Kobe King bucket was the first of the half and that came at 14, 26 to go in the game. Um, multiple lead changes occurred until, uh, the five minute mark and Valpo went on an eight point run and we're up five with three minutes to go. Purple Aces got it to one uh, point off of Blaze Bochamp three, but Valpo went four or four in, in the fouling situation, free throws to close out the game. 
Uh, this is the third game that uh, this season that Valpo has come back from double digit deficit in the game. For Valparaiso, Ta- Taylor had 23, Sheldon Edwards had 13, Ben Cricky had 16, and Kobe King had 12. On the Evansville side, uh, Sisley had 18, Bochamp had 14, Frederick King had 13, and Shamar Givens had 12. I don't have much to say about this game except for, you know, this was the game that Valpo was able to clinch the seven seed at Arch Madness with the win. Um, and with obviously with the Wednesday results, this, this locks, this is the win they need to lock themselves in to the seven seed, which is good for them. Um, I thought Evansville was going to, when I, I it was interesting watching this cause we were at the game obviously, and you had the game on your phone and we were kind of following along with it. And it felt like, you know, Valpo was in control. And then all of a sudden Evansville made a big run and, and, and it felt like, okay, Evansville is going to run out, go ahead and win their third game. And then, you know, Valpo came back and won it. Valpo's got a lot of talent. Let's, I, I don't want to, they're, they're a team that they're, you can't sleep on them at Arch Madness. I, I still truly believe that if they can somehow get fully healthy when they get to St. Louis, they're a team that you're not going to want to draw as that two seed. They're not, if, if that's who, because obviously it's going to be Evansville versus um, Valpo again. And if Evansville wins that game, you're, this is not a team that you want to play because they obviously have some, they have guys that can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think you mean Valpo, but um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I meant yeah. Valpo. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, they have the athletes. They haven't been able to string together, um, you know, consecutive games this year. But yeah, I mean, get to St. Louis. It's 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 been proven before. A Thursday team can do it. Hey, um, one and more Valpo specifically the, can do it. I was it. gonna say they were the team that did it too. Um, hey, one more thing I want to mention: uh, Blake Sisley, 18 points in this game. Uh, he was kind of on that borderline for me for all freshman team. I think he's. This is that kind of game where, I mean, let's call spade a spade. The freshman class this year in the Missouri Valley Conference is not as loaded as it has been years past. Uh, so it's a pretty wide open race to be all freshman team. I think a game like this kind of locks them in. Couldn't agree. Yep. I'm, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like triggered on this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, love it. Um, I know she's the worst. <laughs> all right. Let's move uh, on. Yeah, let's move on to the uh, Drake uh, holding serve at home, uh, winning 74-58 to over the Indiana State Sycamores. Um, It was a tale of two halves for Indiana State, who shot 43% in the first half and then went cold and shot 25% second half. Timely threes from the Sycamores uh, going four of five, closing out the half, and they had a 36-32 to halftime lead over the Bulldogs. Uh, Drake then started the half on a 9-2 um, run out of the locker room to take a lead. There was also a couple more runs for the Bulldogs. They went on a 6-0 run, and then ultimately they had a twenty a stretch where they went 23-4 to in scoring. It was a balanced attack for Drake. Uh, Wilkins and Roman Penn had 15. Uh, DeVries had 14, and Garrett Sturts had 12. For the Sycamores, Cam Henry had 17, and Caleb Stevens had 16. You know what Drake did what they had to do. Um, coming off that win against Loyola, you were wondering if there might be a letdown. Obviously, the game was much closer than they would have liked, especially being at home. Uh, but Indiana State's been pesky all year to everybody they play. So let's—I'm not going to freak out too much. 
uh, Drake took care of business. That's really all, all it came down to, you know, when it mattered at the end of the game. You know, Missouri State's had a few games like this as well this season where um, the, the team they're playing is definitely one of the bottom teams and they play with them for about 30 minutes. But then when it counts and gets to the end of the game, they kind of take over. And this was the same thing here with Drake. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this. I think it was a game that they need to keep that momentum rolling, and they did. Yep. I'm with you. So let's move on to the games from this evening as we're recording. Uh, we don't have the recap as usual because we are recording right after the buzzer sounded on some of these games. But uh, once again, let's get into the main events where the Salukis beat the brakes off of the Indiana State Redbirds. March the Arch Bakers, uh, Indiana State Redbirds. Illinois 90- State Redbirds. Illinois, whatever you are. Illinois State Redbirds. Uh the I normally don't there. correct you, but I'm correcting you on Illinois State. All right. Thank you. Um, then they won 90 to 69. Uh, Baker Salukis put together a 40 minute game. I couldn't be happier. It came against the Redbirds. And for me, I mean, we were just absolutely white hot from three point land. Um, that was the tail of the tape uh, 14 of 23. We had 10 first half three pointers. And that's on the backs of Lance Jones didn't score until 14 minutes into the game. On the other side of that, Antonio Reeves didn't score until 14, 14 minutes into the game. Um, looking at the stat line, um, Ben Coupet Jr. for the Salukis is really uh, finding his groove late in, late in February and early March. He had 22 points. Uh, Lance Jones ended up with 16. Marcus DeMass had 16 as well from Plankin. Uh, had four uh, four threes off the bench uh, for 12 points. Um, for Illinois State, um, uh, Kendall Lewis had a great first half. Uh, he had 14 points for the game, and then uh, Reeves ended up with 18. Um, this was uh, – Baker, I hate to say it, and, and I don't hate to say it at all, but this was just your 40-minute beatdown. Yeah, I don't really have much to add there, Vance. Um, so, look, he's won four in a row now. Um, watch out. Uh, four in a row, five out of six for the dogs. Um, listen, I'm not, I, I've said it before. I mean, just throw this game in the, in the garbage. It's, it's whatever. Uh, the Illinois state was thoroughly beat down in this game. They, um, pretty much didn't even show up. So, um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It is what it is. Um, I think it's more of a Saluki story here. They played really well. Um, Ben Coupet, uh, Stringing together, you're right, stringing together some games. And it's interesting. We talked about it, it was about a month ago even, when we when Southern mm-hmm. was really going through their stretch where we talked about, you know, they need the third option. This team desperately needs a third option. And they need someone who, you know, can can come in and just add to Damask and Jones. And when they need a bucket, go get it. And it feels like that's Coupette. It, it feels is, like and... he's kind of established himself. Maybe he, maybe they were listening to the podcast fans, so maybe they heard what we said, and he took it upon himself to be that guy. But it, it feels like he's kind of stepped into that role. Um, he's obviously still the third option, but he's having some really great games lately. And um, sometimes, sometimes if you saw him earlier in the regular season, and you'd know better because you were paying more attention, but it felt like he disappeared at times during the game, and it yep. doesn't feel like that anymore. At all. It feels like he's definitely making his mark on every game that they've been playing. Um, and with success, that helps. But um, so more of the story, you don't want to play – if you're the three seed, you don't have a cupcake game. Right. And, I mean, just as this Saluki fan, like going into 
Arch Madness. This is the trend you want to see. I mean, I know we go to Drake on Saturday, and we'll get into that. But I mean, I couldn't be happier where we stand. You know, at, at this stage of the of the season. But I'm with you on Coupet. I mean, if he doesn't get on the bus to go to Terre Haute, we don't leave with a W. Um, you know, he obviously was a significant part of the win tonight. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for for this team and just offensively. I mean, the Salukis put up 90 points, Baker. I mean, did we think that would ever happen? <laughs> I, uh, you know yeah, what? We'll move I on. Think... For the sake of your sanity, we'll move on. Yeah, you know, uh, one more thing I'll say here. Um, this win was important for another reason. It made it so you guys will be 500 or better no matter what. No matter how the season ends for you guys. Um, you're probably going to finish above high end 500. I don't know if I'll, if uh, – you know, 16 and 15 Southern Illinois is going to decide to go to like a CBI or something. Maybe they do, but you're guaranteed to at least finish 500, which if you'd have told Southern Illinois a month ago that that's where this was going to end, um, pretty successful month. Um, I think Brian Mullins deserves a hell of a lot of credit for the turnaround to this team uh, that he's, uh, he's put forth. So uh, hats off to your guys got the win. I, I, I can't say anything. They beat down my team horribly. Well, thanks for making this no fun. Moving on to Drake uh, <laughs> and Valparaiso. Uh, Drake winning 71 to 65. Um, yeah, full disclosure here. Just going to go through some of the uh, storylines here. Baker, I think you caught um, a decent amount of this game. So DJ Wilkins for uh, Bulldogs had 17. Roman Pitton had 11. And then uh, Tank Hemphill off the bench had 13. On Valparaiso's side, um, Taylor had 20, Cricky had 16, Kobe King had 13, and then off the bench, Sheldon Edwards had nine. You never felt like – I never felt at any time during this game Drake was going to lose. Uh, I think they got it to one maybe in the I, – I, I, you might have it in front of you. I don't know if you do. Um, I think Valpo got it to one once in the second half, and it still never in my – I never thought for a second they were going to lose this game. Um, Drake just – this is another win for them as they – uh, beat Indiana State. Now they beat Valparaiso. Uh, you know, two really solid wins at home. Coming off the win against Loyola, they're starting to be. They're they're a team that's going to be maybe a trendy pick when we get to St. Louis now, especially because they're playing their right basketball. They've um, they've righted the ship from when they lost three in a row, and with the coaching staff and the guys they have on this team, a scary proposition if you draw them in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more um, with you on that one. So let's get let's move on to Northern Iowa at Indiana State. Panthers escape with a win, um, eighty-eight to eighty-two. Uh, not a lot of defensive in this game as both teams shot over fifty-seven percent um, over uh, the course of this game. Uh, you and I came out hot, and they hit five of their first six attempts from three. So really hot shooting for them. Um, this game had, I mean, it was a back and forth game. There's 18 lead changes, six ties, and there was just kind of just small runs, um, here and there, um, in the second half, uh, both teams kind of just, there was no defense getting played. Um, AJ Green scored 17 of his 21 points in the second half, um, and really just kind of kept things going on this game. Um, Baker, anything here as we think through, I mean, Northern Iowa went on the road, set up the stage for the Saturday conference championship game and really just kind of left with a W there. 
Yeah, no, you know, they. it was one of those games where they kept, uh, toward the end of the game, it felt like they were going to, it's like, okay, they're finally going to, they're, they're finally going to just separate themselves from Indiana. But Indiana kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And so the, this game was tight all the way until like the final minute. And um, so give Indiana a lot of credit, um, fighting hard against a, a good, a good Northern Iowa team. Uh, but Northern Iowa took care of business. Uh, they knew what was in front of them. They knew that they couldn't afford to lose this game. They just needed to get, because everything is in front of them. They have mm-hmm. Saturday. They have the they have the first place, the conference championship on the line on their home floor, and they just needed to get there, and they did. Um, tonight, I think, was like the culmination of my frustration with Northern Iowa. Like, I feel bad that I was as critical of them because they have really turned it around. I give Ben Jacobson a lot of credit because this team is playing. It's night and day from how how poorly they were at the beginning of the season, but. I just look back at their schedule. If we're going to just, if we just take a second to talk about this, you and you'll remember these games. The Nickel State game should never lost that mm-hmm. game. The Vermont game, they came out completely flat. They should have never lost that game with Vermont having the worst player out. The Arkansas game, they gave away. They mm-hmm. went to Hawaii. They had, I think, I think they lost, the, I think they lost two games in Hawaii by like a combined three points or four, three or four points. And then they had their third game canceled. It was like I just think to myself, there's five games right there, and a 17 and 10 team right. Those are five games. Those are very five winnable games. What if three or four of those go the other way? Uh, they have the St. Bonaventure win. You know, there's a Richmond game that they had a chance that they they could have won. Um, I think to myself, if maybe say four of the six games go the other way, they're an at-large team. I think that's the most frustrating part is because this is a quality team. And I, I think that that's just the, the hard part. And this is goes back to how frustrated you and I were at the beginning of the season with the non-conference in this league, how um, so many missed opportunities. It was, and everybody's close. Like teams were – like the Valley teams were losing these tight games that they shouldn't have. And um, But all in all, this is – just to take it full circle, and I'll let you obviously comment on what I just said anyway, but to take it full circle, I think an incredible amount of credit goes to Ben Jacobson and – if he does get it done this weekend, I have a really hard time fighting him not being coach of the year. Yep. Yep. Uh, one thing just for this game, if I don't say Noah Carter's name, uh, he had 19 points, six rebounds, four assists. Oh, I, yeah, heck yeah. I just awesome. I, I just need to say his name because all the Northern <laughs> Iowa fans are just going to throw their phones right now. Um, so, yes, he was awesome in this game. Um, I'm with you. I mean – I don't. I think the last team anyone wants to play in St. Louis right now is Northern Iowa. Maybe that's the question, and, and maybe we can save it for later. But do you want to play anyone other? Do, is Northern Iowa the the last team on your list you want to play? In no, obviously, I completely disagree with you on that. I there's there's a couple other teams I'd rather not play than Northern Iowa, but we'll get into that at some point. Sure. Soon, okay. But, yeah, we'll get into um, that. Maybe we'll, I know. We'll I will, and I will say one thing about um, AJ Green. Um, hell of a season for him. Uh, he obviously has made this a three-person race for the player of the year. He had a he had another uh, solid game, a couple of missed shots at the end of the game, but um, and it kind of felt like he was forcing forcing in a couple on those couple of those late possessions. Um, but I will say that he has an innate ability to find a way to get to the free throw line, especially late in games. I have never seen someone just find a way to get to the line, and. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has just this great knack of drawing fouls. And if you're a really good player, that's a big deal. 
Um, especially if you're a good free throw shooter, that can be the difference to winning games. So um, AJ Green's an incredible offensive player. We said it. He, it's hard to argue that he's not the best offensive player in this league. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Speaking of other offensive players in this league, let's move on to Missouri State hosting Bradley, winning eighty-three to sixty-seven. Um, do you think Dana Ford took our podcast from you know a couple of days ago and said, "Hey, Isaiah, you should probably listen to this," because <laughs> Mosley went off. He had another thirty-point night uh, where he was five of nine from three. 13 of 20 uh, from field goal and just said, hey, boys, um, let's go. Uh, Donovan Clay had 17. Gage Prim had 14 in this game. Uh, on the Bradley side, uh, both Hickman and Leones had 15 apiece. And, um, you know, Missouri State didn't have an answer for uh, – or, sorry, Missouri State uh, pretty much uh, kept uh, Rink Mask at bay. Um, he was one of five from three, three of eight from the floor. Aren't you so glad that we didn't jump off the Isaiah Mosley ship last week? Because <laughs> I feel like we're like two of the only ones that didn't. And I feel so happy as I was watching that happen tonight. I was like, thank God we didn't jump off the ship and we didn't and we didn't bail from Isaiah Mosley. Um, you know how we talked about last week that somebody was gonna have to have that performance and um as good as Bradley's been the last month, that was it tonight, folks. Um on I Put listen. We could talk about the game. I I only saw parts of it. I don't want to get too dive too deep into it. Bradley's season is in St. Louis, and they know that. Um, this was a bigger game for Missouri State, and I they I think they showed it uh, from what I saw. They were they were not going to be a beat tonight, and Isaiah Mosley was going to have a night. My question for you, Vance, is: Did Isaiah Mosley win the award tonight? Duh. And didn't you ask me last episode? Or do you still have a? Well, no, we had the conversation, and I said he didn't, and you did, and we agreed. We we still had him as our number one, and it was it was razor close. But I mean, do you think is there anything you can foresee between the Loyola Northern Iowa? Because obviously it's a three person race. Let's just be straight up honest about this. Sorry, Bally Sports. If you want to throw out other players out there just for fun, that's cool. But. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's a th- it's AJ Green, Lucas Williamson, Isaiah Mosley. Is there? A- could you foresee anything this weekend that would change your mind on Isaiah Mosley, Player of the Year? It would. St- it's a hearts and minds thing for me because I I don't know the the voters. So are there going to be some voters that are tuning into that game that are that's that's their how they're informing their vote. It's on the, the conference championship regular yep. season game. And so if, you know, A.J. Green or Lucas Williamson go off and have a Herculean effort, you know, maybe that, that wills them across the finish line. But sure. I'm with you. I, I'm still on Team Mosley. Yeah, and I think there is there's there is that argument out there. Um, and I was actually uh, – I was texting our, our good friend Tony about this the other day uh, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. We were talking about player of the year. And the argu- there is an ar- there's two arguments to make. Do you go? Does how much do you wait winning the conference championship? Mm-hmm. In this argument, that's that's a big deal. And to me, I don't I don't weigh conference championship so much. I, I it, for me, as long as you're in the top couple and a couple games within the championship, I, that doesn't. I don't think you need to cut the nets down to win this award. That's just my opinion. Um, but the, to your point, with we don't know what the voters. 
are there going to be voters out there who are going to say, you know, no, I'm going to take the best player on the best team. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I think, I think the only thing I can foresee, um, I'm, I'm kind of taking Lucas Williamson out of it to me. Yeah. Because I don't know what he's going to, I don't know what he could do to convince me to change to him at this point. Um, especially after I, he didn't have a great scoring game against, uh, um, I guess Illinois State Bird. on Monday. Yeah. Um, and I think that was kind of the 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 stop for me for him. I think AJ Green's only hope is if he goes off for like 30, 35 against Lucas Williamson in that game. And that mm-hmm. would be that would be a really that would be a really strong closing argument. But um to me, I think it's Isaiah Mosley's to lose. Yep. I'm with you on that one. Um and we'll uh, see. Good win, good I mean, win for the Bears. Good win for the Bears. Great. Great win for the Bears as teams were, or I'd say as some fans were maybe starting to starting to think is 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 are they limping in? And and I don't think we were ever there on that one. Um, all right, let's go to the last game. I don't want to talk at all about this game. Um, Loyola beat Evansville by fifty one points. Um, I I I truly just don't want to talk about this game. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say here. It's 31 to low in the in the conference. I would have to go – yeah, it had to be. Because I would have thought Southern's uh, Loyola game might have been hey, the low. Hey, can I stop you real quick? Um, yeah. I do want to mention, before we get into the actual game, uh, and, and I don't know if you're going to mention this, but I'll make sure I do. Coach Licklighter did not coach this game. Um, he had a non-COVID illness, uh, and he was not on the sideline. Logan Bauman was the uh, the acting head coach for this game, and uh, Coach Licklider also anticipates being on the sideline Saturday when they play against Missouri State. So let's hope for all the best to coach out there uh, for whatever illness he's fighting. But he actually was not coaching the team tonight. I just want to make sure we mention that um, today. Yep, absolutely good uh, ad there, Baker. Um, any any other thoughts about this game? <laughs> other than, uh... <laughs> A fifty-one nine game. Um, were, was anybody going to win? That was anyone ever going to beat Loyola on senior night with this group? No. Like, let's be honest. This this group wasn't going to lose senior night. Give me a break. Um, Loyola beat them. This was just this was a beat down in every sense of the word. Um, this makes Illinois State Southern Illinois look close. That's how bad this was. This was. When it got away from Evansville, it got away. And you know what? I I'll I'll say this. I know the I there's going to be criticism for how long the starters and some of the key players for Loyal were on the court during this game. And um, I don't love it either because you have the conference championship to worry about. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Um, that being said, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for Evansville based on the effort that I saw in this game. Um, d- didn't fight back that hard. So. Um, I think that that's kind of – I think you, you lose the sympathy card for a beat down this bad. Um, what can you say about this? Uh, Loyal beat them. There's nothing else to say. This was a, a beat down in every sense of the word. Um, if you're looking for analysis on this, uh, there's some Loyal podcasts out there for you. You're not going to get it here. Cause I, and I watched the whole game, and it was just – it was it was just it was like one team wasn't gonna one team you had no threat of scoring and the other team just was either not gonna miss or they were gonna find a way to just keep scoring and it was just it, it was not even it was not competitive it was the yep. it was one of the rare like not like 
it just felt like one team just was completely outclassed, and it was just a different. It felt like a different level of competition, even. That's how bad this was tonight. And um, I, I look for hopefully when with coach back next week or this weekend, Evansville at least have a little bit more fight, especially at home against Missouri State. But um, this is one of those you just want to take the tape, break it, throw it away. Yep. I mean, you extended this conversation 58 seconds longer than I thought. Oh, Do you have uh, anything? I mean, is there leave? anything else worth saying there? I mean, I, it was a beat I, down. It was a 51 yeah. point beat down. I think <laughs> that was it. Let's move on to the games of Saturday. All right, Valley fans, we got a good segment here, uh, similar to along the lines of power rankings. This is just kind of a what if scenario here. So what we're doing is we are going to build a Missouri Valley Conference team of the future. And so it's if you're if it, there's any hockey fans out there, an expansion draft. So in hockey expansion drafts and Baker clean me up here is essentially if they're, if they're going to a new part of the country, you have to throw in players that can be drafted from your current team. And so what we're going to do in Valley hoops is that all 12. So the new Missouri Valley conference in the 2012 or sorry, 2022, 2023 season are available to get drafted over these four criteria. So we're gonna create a new Valley team. You get to pick the college town of the 12. You get to pick a head coach. You get to pick a fan base. And you get to pick a, what's the fourth one, Baker? Arena. Arena. Arena, fan base, coach, and town of the 12 that are out there for the 22-23 season. Love it. All right. And there's no order here. It's not like you have to pick arena first or whatever. Obviously, it's just me and Baker going, so um, it doesn't matter. We can do, are we just going to go back and forth? We can do like yeah, a snake we can go back and forth. Do? We can go back and forth. The wrinkle is I can't pick anything Southern, and you can't pick anything Illinois State. Which is just trash, but whatever. <laughs> Go. I think it makes it way more interesting, though. Do you want first pick or second pick? I don't care. You go first. All right. I am going to go with the the correct the correct decision here, and I'm going to take the head coach, and I am going to go with Darren DeVries. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Um, so I don't have to pick a coach. Baker, I want you to know how much I've thought about this. And how much I'm setting aside my biases. Because I'm picking a fan base first. Wow. And I am picking the Murray State Racers. Wow. What? Hold on. Hold on. You're taking the Racers fan base, huh? I am. Does that go against everything you believe in? My dad might disown me. And I'm scared. I know. That's okay. Their fan base, for all of you who have not seen, uh, fan base is really after it, obviously. The second they joined the league, we got followed by a ton of people from Murray State. And, uh, you know, you see some of the videos of their fans. So uh, they're coming. And I have nothing against you folks. I think you're awesome. So I'm excited to uh, engage with you as next season rolls on. Uh, Really good pick, though. That's probably toward the top of the the fan base route. Um, I am actually going to go with uh, College Town for pick number two 
And I am going to take also another new member of the Missouri Valley Conference as Darren DeVries will be coaching this program in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> okay. No, that's a good one. And that's one that I had been struggling with because in the Valley now, there's two concepts. You can go big city or you can go yep. a traditional college town. Right. right. That's a great, great question. And um, that is one thing that I think is, is a struggle because I am of the college town perspective when it comes to that. Um, so I'm going to hold on to that one because I don't have to uh, pick that one yet. And I am going to go with an arena. Okay. And I am going to pick the newest min member of the Missouri Valley Conference. And I'm going with Credit Union One Arena, UIC Flames. The old UIC Pavilion, which is all brand new. It's a great new facility. Um, really good choice there, Vance. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about Pacer it. fans are going to be filling Credit Union One Arena. <laughs> Oh man! Now, so now I got to pick either the building or fan base. Was it the built the building or the fan base? I'm gonna save fan base for last because that's what that's the hardest one for me. Um, building. Uh, Gosh, this is this is really tough, Vance, because there's a lot of options to go with. Um, you know, you could go with a new, you know, a really nice building like the Ford Center in Evansville, which a lot of people like. Um, Peoria Civic Center is also going to hold the most people. JQH is a good building. McLeod Center. Um, hmm. Gosh. Um, you know what? I'm going to actually, I'm going to make a pick that you're probably going to, you'll appreciate this. Um, Darren DeVries will be coaching an incredibly good brand of basketball where the, uh, where the building has had a history of rocking. Uh, and it is not the Banterra Center and what we're going to do here. I am going to be taking the SIU Arena. Okay. And that will be the building that we're going to play in, not because it's the newest and the nicest, but because of the history. And um, we have seen that when you have a program that is ready to rock and roll, those that is a building that can be very loud and an incredibly tough place to get a win. It's, it's built to be like that. So uh, for all intents and purposes of anyone listening, essentially Baker is moving SIU Arena to Nashville and the DeVries family to start up his Missouri Valley team. Do I get Tucker too? Uh, no, no. No, I don't get Tucker? No, no, okay. No. <laughs> all right. Um, go ahead. So I will go. I am taking the Murray State Racer fans in uh, the UIC Credit Union Arena, and they will be relocating – because I fall into, I like traditional college towns. They're going to normal Illinois Baker. Great pick. It's a great that pick. Was, so that made a better pick. My one was if you go big city, it has to be Nashville. If you go college town, I think it's normal. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I live in the central Illinois area, but I think of just what it offers for college students. And if you're being recruited between Illinois state or Southern Illinois, Carbondale is way better, but, um, <laughs> For the sake of building out a, a new a new team in the Missouri Valley, um, Credit Union Pavilion or Credit Union Arena in Normal, Illinois, with the Murray State Racer fans. You All have right, a folks. fan base to pick. 
I do have a fan base to pick, but real quickly, when you were talking about venue, or I'm sorry, when you're talking about city for this to be in, you want to know the one that I was actually really torn on not picking? I couldn't pick Des Moines because I took Darren DeVries. And Des Moines, Iowa, I think with Admire's marketing campaign and things getting going in Des Moines, Iowa, it feels like that's a really great city to be in and be the show in Des Moines. See, that's probably what I would have picked because, I mean, you could have picked maybe you wanted to, but. Um, well, I thought we were kind of just keeping it one. Once you pick that, that school's eliminated. So sure, I thought yeah. that was the rule. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That was a rule because you better not pick, is, because you better not turn around and pick RBA. Because uh, I mean, Drake is like the sporting event in town. So I think that's a huge, huge thing there. Right. Right. But Nashville is just, I mean, it's Nashville's Nashville. All right. Fan base. This is the last one I want to pick. And this one was a a quite easy decision for me because I'm building a program here and those fans that I am picking are now my fans. Um, And so Darren DeVries will be coaching at the SIU arena in Nashville, Tennessee, and the building will be packed with Bradley brave fans because I hate, (laughs) I hate Bradley's fan base as they hate Illinois state's fan base. And I think to myself, if they were on my side, how, how great that, that everybody else would hate us. So it would be, I think that they're a very good fan base and they, they're good enough to make me not like them. So I think in essence, they would be a great fan base if they were on my side here. So I am going to pack the building with the Bradley Brave fans. Baker, I just want to point out to all the fans or listeners out there that um, are, are tuning in. We've set aside a lot of things tonight. You picked Bradley for a fan base. I picked Murray sure. as a fan base. Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like we've set aside our differences. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> All right. My last pick, um, coming to uh, credit union arena, um, in normal Illinois with the Murray state fan base coached by Ben Jacobson. Yeah, that's the other, that's the obvious choice there. I think that if you're going with another coach in this league, um, it's Ben Jacobs. Obviously, Brian Mullins would have been a pick, but you couldn't pick mm-hmm. them. Um, I think the one thing that I, so looking at your list, and I think we should do this real quick. The thing that I would change first about your list, um, if I could, if you, and I'll let you do it to mine as well. Um, I would have went with Des Moines, Iowa, and I would pick RBA. Yeah. That would have um, been my only change I would have made for your list. I wanted DeVries, to be honest. Um, did you? I, yeah, I did. The thing is, and, and I need to be fully transparent here, I don't know a lot about um, uh, Belmont or Murray State's coach, and then I really don't know a ton about Yaklich, just for all intents and purposes, other than he was an assistant coach. Uh, that's, so like, I think, that's totally I think it's just us. more of like, I just don't know enough right now. Um, probably great coaches, um, you know, of those, but I just don't know a ton. Uh, so I'm going traditional, but I wouldn't change a thing other than I wanted like DeVries was my number one pick for coach. Was it? Yeah. yeah and that was it. And that was the interesting thing is we kind of look at coaches in the league. And this is, well, this is just kind of a good spot to talk about this just while we're doing a little fun segment here. Um, and we talked about this, I think the first year we did this pod, this might've been like episode like five of this entire podcast. We talked about the Dean of the Valley, who the Dean of the Valley was. And I remember you brought up as Ben Jacobson at the time I brought up Porter Mosier as being someone come on the up and coming. Turned out he ended up having a pretty good couple of years there. Um, right now, Darren DeVries, the best coach in the league. Yes. I, I think so too. It. I think so too. And that's not a slight at Ben Jacobson. I think that's just a, this is what Darren DeVries has done so much in the last two or three years 
building that program to what it is, I think that he deserves a lot of credit. Ben Jacobson's a phenomenal coach. Let's let's not get anything twisted here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 1A and 1B, I think, in this league. And there's a ton of really good coaches. I think Brian Wardle doesn't get enough credit at Bradley um, because he does find ways to win in Arch Madness, and that's the name of the game in this league for the most part. Um, And I don't think that he gets enough – I think he gets a lot of flack, um, a lot of tough love at times. And, um, you know, I think there's there's some really good coaches in this league. I think that's the, the number one thing to say. Couldn't agree more. Um, that that's a, that was a tough one. Uh, but yeah, I pretty much got awesome game I though. I love that. Yeah, I got everyone I wanted except for uh, DeVries. But hey, you know what? I'll take Ben Jacobson. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if the one thing you didn't get was Ben Jacobs or Darren DeVries, you got Ben Jacobson. I think you're doing all right. But no, I think it's fun uh, just to take a step back, take the players, take the on court stuff out, and just say like, what's the best of the valley out there? And that's what this was trying to do. All right, Valley fans, uh, before we get into our picks for uh, Conference Championship Saturday, let's get into where the conference standings are. And we're going to take a little bit of a a different spin on this because right now it doesn't matter because it's all about Saturday. So let's see where the seedings for Arch Madness are at. And we'll start Thursday night. Pretty much we know 100% that it will be Valparaiso versus Evansville in the 7-10 matchup. And pretty much Indiana State versus Illinois State on Saturday will determine who wears white and who wears uh, – or who's the visitor team. I don't know if you're going to wear blue or red or the gray or the black jerseys. I don't know. But anyway, that is all that's going to decide is home and away. So Thursday is locked in. Um, for all intents and purposes, seed is locked in um, with Southern Illinois and then likewise with the five seed with Bradley – Technically, net ranking could impact those seedings, but um, there's really I don't see anyone leap. Fro- I don't see Southern leapfrogging Bradley in any net situation yeah, there. No. Yeah, let's just I mean, uh, for all intents and purposes, Bradley is going to be the five, and Southern is going to be the six, unless something insane happens, which we're not even going to pretend like it could. Yep, like so many teams would just not have to play this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> for that to happen. Yeah, but yeah. we got to mention it just in case. Just in case. Um, and then, really, we're just going to focus on um, the one and the two seed. Essentially, whoever wins between Loyola and Northern Iowa will be the one seed. Um, and then after that, it turns into just a soup of who's going to be the two through four seeds. Is that fair? Yeah. No, it's uh, whoever is whoever wins that game is locked into one. And then whoever loses that game become it's, – it's just a mixing bowl, man. Um, there's uh, if you guys want to check out the scenarios, I, I want to give him credit. Uh, Matt Hackman, who we've had on the show before um, at MJ Hackman on Twitter has all 32 scenarios for the weekend. Um, it's basically if you lose that, if you lose the quote unquote de facto regular season championship game, uh, you go in a mixing bowl with, with Missouri state and Drake, depending on how their game ends. So uh, Vance, anything, I mean, there's, it's, it, there's a million different. It, there's so there's many, yeah. a million, but there's a lot of different scenarios. There's 32, depend, Baker, yeah. 32 scenarios. It's not a million. It's 32, but um, <laughs> it, it, there's so many scenarios. I mean, there's a scenario. There, the, the weird thing I think that's worth mentioning here is um, there are scenarios where Loyola goes to the four, which yeah, is nuts. Which is, I know. Which crazy. I. 
if Bradley and Loyola play in in the quarterfinals at Arch Madness, that would just be ludicrous. But um, <laughs> there are yeah. isn't that crazy though that there are four of thirty two scenarios where Loyola could be playing Bradley in the quarterfinals. It's crazy. Um, I, I absolutely crazy. But my favorite thing to do, Baker, is on um, Championship Saturday. I love printing out the probabilities, and as soon as each game gets over, I just kind of like sharpie through all the scenarios that can't happen until we know, we know the final scenario. So I highly recommend that to all Valley fans. If you own a printer and can print these things, uh, do that. It's a fun time. Yeah, no, it's uh, it'll it'll be uh, an interesting go. By the way, I do want to mention um. The one other interesting piece is Loyola. There are four out of 32 scenarios where Loyola can jump or drop down to the four seed. Northern Iowa cannot fall further than third. I do want to make mention of that. So um, I want to put you on the spot, though, Vance, because your team is in kind of one of those consequential spots um, as the sixth seed, and you are going to get one of these, uh, these quote-unquote top four. If you could pick who you play – right now who's the team you want and who is the team you don't want just as of tonight just for fun Loyola I would want them to be at the three seed you want Loyola I do want Loyola okay we played them tight both times we're trending upward um our offensive is in a much better place in coordination with our defense that's who I'd want um my second uh I just think for me Missouri State is more likely who we're going to play I just think Isaiah Mosley can take over a game and score 30 or 40, um, and that could be it. I, Prim's, Prim's a bad I don't know why. for you guys, by the way. Because he, he's a tough matchup. He's going to be really tough for you to handle. I mean, honestly, I, it sounds crazy, but it's Loyola for me. That is it's. Uh, I'm surprised by that. So who is, is Missouri State, though, the team you don't want to play the most? It is. Okay, so you okay? That's interesting. It's I, I'm just curious. I mean, I don't think there's a listen. There's not a there's not right and wrong answers. It, it's crazy though how much matchups matter in this league. Like mm-hmm. how some teams that you know you I'd rather play this team than this team. Like the top we talked about last week. So many teams in the top five. You know, there's teams that don't want to like Bradley does not want to see Northern Iowa. You no. know, like. Northern Iowa, and we're going to get to it here in picks again. Northern Iowa doesn't want to see Loyola. There's other there's other teams that want to see one team, don't want to see another team, and it's going. To, I think that Arch Madness is going to be decided on matchups and how everything goes. And I also, I and I don't want to get your hopes up or anything, and I, I don't think I could, but don't be shocked if Southern Illinois wins a game at Arch Madness. I think that I think that that is something people need to. Um, the three seed needs to be ready to play that game because Southern Illinois is trending in such a good direction. And they were a clear fifth pick at the beginning of the season. People had a lot of really good things to say about Southern. So um, they're playing the best basketball now, which is makes them a dangerous six seed. The fact you even said that on a night like this, Baker, just really warms my soul. Hey, you know what? I, I If nothing else, I have I had the utmost credibility in the world. <laughs> you do. All right, let's get into the picks. Um, let's save, obviously, the, the best for last here. So let's start off with uh, the dogs are heading to the Nap Center to take on the, the Drake Bulldogs. Sorry, I should say the Southern Illinois Salukis um, are going to Drake to take on the Bulldogs there, both dogs. 
Yeah, interesting matchup. The uh, two teams that are playing some uh, pretty good basketball this uh, going into this game. Uh, going to fight it out on Saturday. Uh, it's a hard one to pick. I'm going to go with the Drake Bulldogs, just being that they're at home. Um, I think they find a way to make enough plays. They're a hard matchup for Southern Illinois because as good defensively as Southern Illinois is, Drake is a Drake is such a versatile offensive team. They have so many weapons. I'm going to take the Salukis just for the sake of being a homer. I'm just heading into Arch Madness for four four game winning streak. I'm just going to take them. Sure. That's uh, fair. All right. Let's go to Redbird Arena where the Redbirds are hosting the Indiana State Sycamores. Uh, I like the Redbirds at home on senior night. I said a long time ago when the whole Dan Muller thing happened that they would get one more before the end of the year. This is gonna. This, this has to be it. So Illinois State. Yep. All right. Evansville is hosting Missouri State Bears. Missouri State Bears by a lot. This game's gonna be closer than you think. I think that after after Evansville gets destroyed, they always come out the next game and play a really tight game. So I think that nothing changes. I think they rally on Senior Day. Uh, they got a couple guys who are playing their last game at the Ford Center. I think Missouri State wins this game by about eight, but this game is not. This game is way tighter than it should be. And let me remind you, when they went to Springfield, that game was way closer than it had any right to be. So give me Missouri State, but a closer game than you think. Good. Uh, we're going to leapfrog the next one and go to Bradley hosting Valparaiso. You know, a game that doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, not unless the – I mean, I guess if Southern wins and Bradley thinks they might get leapfrogged, maybe they think yeah. it matters. But game really doesn't matter. Give me Bradley at home. Same. And then let's go to the main one. We've been talking about it all episode. We have the game for the Missouri Valley Conference 2021-2022 regular season championship. The Northern Iowa Panthers will be hosting the Loyola Ramblers. Baker, this game is going to be on ESPNU. I know we're all going to be dialed into it. ESPN After two. 40... Oh, they got flexed. Sorry, I'm on the ESPN app and it's saying oh, you right good. now. Um, so uh, after 40 minutes of play, who's going to be the Missouri Valley Conference champion? Loyola. I think Loyola wins this game. Um, if it wasn't at the McLeod Center, I'd say comfortably. I think that the... This is just this is and and I'm not. Uh, here's the thing: I, I have hard time. It's hard to pick against you and I with the championship on the line at their on their home floor, but that's Loyola is the bad matchup for them, and that's just and that it, it exposed itself when they went to Gentile. And granted, in the, Northern Iowa didn't play well, but Loyola had the based on Loyola's personnel, they had the recipe to beat Northern Iowa. They didn't. They weren't going to let anyone but AJ Green beat them, and AJ Green couldn't do it on his own. And that was the that was the game. Um, I think Loyola just takes care of business in this game, and they win. I, it's it's. I think it's just a matchup thing for me, Vance. That's fair. Um, I'm going to go with Northern Iowa. I just can't imagine a situation where Ben Jacobson has the conference championship on the line at home and loses. I no. just I, I just can't wrap my head around that one. So you, I will take you the know, Panthers on that one. It's and that's the that's the thing. It's like you would and if you go to coaching matchup, obviously Jacobson's better coach than Valentine at this point. Um he's got a home floor. 
He's got, you know, a veteran team. I just, it's two veteran teams going against each other. And to me, it's like the whole McLeod, like the whole McLeod center thing. It's almost kind of disappears because loyal has been there before there. This is not a new thing for them. So um, it'll be interesting. I, if, if Loyola can weather the storm early, I'm going to feel really good about them winning this game. Okay. Uh, do you, do you, is like that kind of how you see the game going? I mean, to me, I feel like Northern Iowa is going to have to get out to get out on them quickly. But I can also see, I mean, AJ Green can be a difference maker and, you know, get back a lot of a deficit pretty quickly. Um, so, I, yeah, you're, and Noah Carter's great been game. awesome too, man. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really competitive game, but I just, yeah, I, I, I think Loyola wins by seven or eight at the end of the, by the end of the game. I think it's going to be, a, it's going to liken right. a lot to the Missouri State game. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of pictures in the past of just having the printed out probabilities ready to cross them off and ready to go. I know everyone's going to be around the TV ready to watch the game at five o'clock. Uh, we'll be tweeting, follow us along. Baker, where can people find us to, to follow us on Championship Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. You guys can find us on Twitter at March Arch Pod, at March Arch Baker, MarchTheArchPodcast.com is our website, and March Arch Mailbag is where you can send us emails, uh, feedback on the show, anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, we will reply best we can. Um, and yeah, look forward to interacting with everybody. It should be an awesome weekend of Valley Hoops. Um, you know, Vance, anytime we get uh, one versus two on the final Saturday, playing for a conf- the outright conference championship. I mean, this is exactly how the Valley drew it up. So I uh, couldn't be more excited about watching that game. And with that, I would say go Valley. Start talking about the Valley. Why not? <laughs>